0: Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is New to Two. Hello everybody, my name is Brett Stewart, joining me on this fine evening for a New to Two episode of Movie Go Round. Nicole Davis, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm recovering from the repeated impact of those piercing blue eyes of Daniel
2: Craig's from this movie. Woo!
0: Those baby blues. David Luzader, how are you?
2: How did you deal with them? Oh, I'm I'm doing well. I did you know, I handled it like everybody would, with constant breaks. What I did in that time's <laughs> up to your imagination, people. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, this is a movie with Daniel Craig. That's why we're talking about that. Uh, but first of all, new to two is the opportunity for one of our uh, hosts to bring a movie to the other two that they have not seen before. So this has been a really interesting category in the past for us. It's brought up a lot of fascinating films. And in this particular case, David picked a film that neither myself nor Nicole had seen before. Before mm-hmm. we get into that, I do want to mention next week's movie, the Netflix roulette gods, they have spoken and, uh, I I was Ugh. going. To, I actually was going to spoil this, but then I realized that Nicole has not seen the movie. Surprisingly, uh, yeah, we're gonna watch Indiana Jones 4, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So,
1: Ugh.
0: yay! Yeah. You know, I
1: managed to avoid this until now. I, I, was I could have gone my whole life without seeing this movie. I
0: Easily. wasn't. You couldn't have. Right about Happily. to go and spoil the ending of the movie in introducing it, and then realized you hadn't seen it before. So we're not going to oh, do no, that. Oh no, I know oh, what yeah, it
1: is. Oh, its
2: it has
1: been it's been floating around in the culture enough. So no, you know the whole thing was
2: a stage play, R- right? Yes, it was a moment. Right.
1: put on by Red China.
0: Yep, that's right. Well, if you if you if you have thoughts on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull before we watch it, uh, email us and shoot those emails on over in a refrigerator okay (laughs) layer cake is what we are watching came out in 2004 (laughs) let's first of all get a description of layer cake out there and then david i want to hear why you picked it an unnamed mid-level cocaine dealer in london makes plans to step away from the criminal life before he can cut ties, the dealer supplier, Jimmy Price, draws him into a complicated pair of jobs involving the kidnapping of a teenage daughter of a rival gangster and brokering the purchase of a large shipment of ecstasy pills from a dealer known as the Duke. David, why are we watching Layer Cake?
2: Well, primarily because neither you nor Nicole have seen it. Uh <laughs> That you know, hence the the name of the category, but also because I hadn't seen this movie since college, and I remember enjoying it, and thought, hey, this is a really good time to revisit it. Uh, it's also a movie that that some little stuff stuck with me. You know, I'd forgotten the finer points of the plot, but the movie uh, did make enough of an impression on me that now, on, uh, well, for. Gosh, fifteen years. Maybe I didn't see this in college. Maybe I saw it in high school. Uh, (laughs) Fifteen-ish years later, you know, I I remember it. I remember bits and pieces of it. I I I really like it. I I really like Matthew Vaughn. This was his directing debut, and I think watching it again now, you see a lot of an evolution of style of a kind of film that this this is based on. Um. That kind of I don't want to get too much into the discussion now, but it it plays with some very familiar tropes in some very new and interesting ways that I enjoy quite a bit and thought that maybe this would be a movie that the the two of you would enjoy as well. This had to
0: have been a very cool movie in high school, right? Like this is a suave, cool movie.
2: (laughs) I, I think I think it was. I think it probably I probably did not see it until college. I probably did not see it until Closer to two thousand and eight. Um, when did that? That's when Casino Royale Casino came out. Casino Royale right? was two thousand six. No. Was that two thousand yeah. six? Good yeah, lord! Two years later after this. Okay, so yeah, I saw it somewhere around that because that that, that was the reason I had seen it because Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig.
0: Mm. Yeah, because Daniel Craig, and I feel like
2: we're gonna talk about that a lot this episode because yes, you watch
0: this movie and it just seeps the the style of someone who can play James Bond. And clearly, uh, you know, folks at MGM thought the same because he landed the role two years later. Uh, yeah, much more so, so than some of his other work. Like you can you can skip Tomb Raider and other ones, <laughs> but this really does cement him now. And now that I've seen it, it makes complete sense to me as a rising the action animated star, one. I think. The animated one? one
1: that's like rotoscoped that he's in really. Oh, I can't remember the title of it. I'll I'll go looking for
2: it. <laughs> yeah. So he uh talk. what was I gonna say? So he's fifty-one now, but when this movie was being made and when it came out, he would have been about like 35. I mean, this is a 30, young Yeah,
1: 35, 36, 36. 36. I
2: mean d- you know, young relative to now, uh definitely, but it's just a, a much younger Daniel Craig and whew, boy. <laughs>
0: Ooh, got to fan yourself there a little bit. Yeah, yeah got the chiseled yeah. jawline. Yeah, it's a good thing he didn't also like come out of the ocean wearing the really tight shorts, tight little shorts oh, from Casino Royale, baby blue
1: to match his eyes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so right out the bat, what makes this film stand out from other crime action comedies? And I don't is it a is it a comedy? It's comedic. I think. I guess I think it is. So. I yeah. think there's
1: some some dark comic elements to it.
0: There are. It's to me, it's very in witty.
1: is an action crime drama, but
0: mm, yeah. Okay. British I think it's incredibly film. witty. I think that 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 it's it's very well written, and I and I and there are part there are points of comedy for sure. I'm trying to think what makes it stand out. Well, first of all, let's lay out what are similar films. Oh uh, well.
1: Anything Guy Lock, Richie is amazing. Yeah, yeah Richie right. Lockstock, <laughs> and Carol. stuff like
2: that. Snatch, yeah, sure. Uh, that Matthew Vaughn also produced. Okay. Um, I mean, those are those are like those are kind of the big ones that my brain gravitates towards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you kind of got some elements of of some Tarantino. You know, some some Reservoir Dogs is kind of in there a little bit in some a places. Yeah. Uh, not,
1: it's not as unnecessarily graphic.
2: No, absolutely no, and that's one thing. I th- the the violence in this movie, there's not a lot of blood to it. You're kind of detached from the violence, um, except in a couple of spots, like the 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 headshot. Um, but even when, I believe it was the character's name was Morty or something, is, is beating up a guy in the the diner. We're seeing it from the victim's perspective. Which I thought was really interesting and also kind of like uncomfortable of like, hey, stop hitting me, please. Yeah,
0: I no, I totally agree. It's not it's not quite as violent as you might expect a movie about gangsters and mobsters to be, at least in terms of what it's graphically going to show you. And yeah. I think that works to its benefit because you just want to sit there and watch those baby blues do their thing, and I don't need this to be really bloody. Uh, and I also think this movie has fun playing with the idea of, you know, he is this this middleman in this industry that has done incredibly well for himself and is ready to step away from it. And in our opening monologue of this movie, he has these tenets that he has to abide by in order to be successful in this industry, whether it's, you know, don't, don't mix and mingle with the clientele or, you know, only work with trusted people and keep your group small. And he slowly, starts to do less of that as the movie goes on in an effort to preserve like his freedom and the fact that he wants to get out of this. Right. But he keeps getting pushed by Jimmy in a direction that is causing him to kind of unravel from those tenets.
2: Well, and we, you know, we find out that, that Jimmy is an informant who is probably staying in his position by, by writing out these mid-level guys, right? By, you know he he uses them, and he, when he realizes, oh, uh, the, the we never learn the character's name. Uh, when yeah. the narrator is, is going to try and and retire, he's like, uh, well, now's the time to give him over to the police, so I can keep sitting pretty.
0: Yeah, I've seen him referred to online as Mister X. Which, yeah, um, it's
2: it, in the credits. It's like four or five X's or something is his name.
0: Yeah, which just reminds me of Arrested Development, where it's like Mister X, is it X or what is it? I can't remember what the letter is. That's uh, mis-
2: uh, Mr. It's Mister F.
0: Yes, Mister F. Okay, yeah. Um, so I, I I find that particular aspect of this different than other crime action comedies that that he is he has these tenets he sets out for himself. He's slowly devolving away from them in, in this effort to, you know, keep his head and get out as he intended to, right? Because this is this is a whole story of a guy trying to get out of this. It's supposed it's the classic like trope of this is my last gig before it's time yeah, to go retire and one last job before I can
1: leave.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not clear yeah. to me why he takes the last job. Is it just because he doesn't want to be on Jimmy's bad side to. when he leaves? He has
2: to. Yeah, he has I it, he's when they're in that meeting it's like, you know, every once in a while you get something that you can't say no to. And everyone else in the room is just kind of like, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Like you're, you're stuck with this one. Right.
0: I suppose there's also a line in the same scene though, where Jimmy says, you know, why do guys like you keep doing what you do? And he says, because you make guys like me so much money. It's almost like a veiled threat of you don't get to leave. So, right. Yeah. You're
1: making too much money for me, for me to let you go.
0: Yeah, right.
1: But I mean, I, I didn't see that as something different about this movie. I mean, this is even the the criminal, uh, the drug dealer who doesn't take the product, treats it purely as a business, pays the supplier promptly, keeps his team small, launders his money carefully, has someone to protect him, doesn't meet the consumers, planning to retire and go straight. Even that is a cliche. There are yeah. so many of these movies about the the drug the world of drug dealing and the entire criminal world associated with it that I'm just I don't know. I mean, I I thought this I thought this movie was fine overall. I mean, it's it's very well executed. But I didn't see a whole lot to make it otherwise stand out from the pack.
2: I, I wonder- think Oh, go ahead, David. I think there's there's a couple of things. I think one of them is um, the way that this movie treats death as both a reality and a horror. Uh, mm. Where in other movies, it's like you have the guy of like, oh, I don't really like killing people. He'll, he'll end up killing like five people. And it's like, yeah, well, that's just what happens when you're a criminal. <laughs> uh, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, oops. But in this movie, when when he goes to go kill Jimmy, it's a very it takes a lot to get him to that point. And even when he's there, he doesn't want to do it. Uh, yeah. But you can just,
1: see he's freaking out.
2: Yeah. He just, and, you know, the, the, the music is really kind of weird and really tense. And he decides like, I have to do this. Yeah. You know, and, and so he does. And then it just, he has to deal with that. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if it's dealt with for the rest of the movie necessarily. I mean, he has to deal with the consequences of it for sure. You know, he gets, he gets his face bashed into a bunch of frozen fish. Uh, But they, they have time where like he has to deal with the fact that he just killed someone and kind of the the trauma of that, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I also want to kind of along with that uh, to read a little bit of Roger Ebert's review of it uh he discussed craig's performance he said craig is fascinating here as a criminal who is very smart and finds that it is not an advantage because while you might be able to figure out who uh what another smart person is about to do dumbos like the men he works with uh, works for are likely to do anything um i think yeah i think craig in in here is just is so good that that kind of makes this stand out for me a little bit um and also uh i forgot what i was gonna say here so maybe (laughs) someone else talk while i try to remember
0: i will talk um another thing i do like about this movie in this regard that is a little different than something that we've seen in the past on this show lord of war you know that's another that was a netflix roulette i know uh but it was a netflix roulette pick that was similar in in you know, in spirit to this, it's the, it's the dealer of illicit things. And um, Lord of War was about, you know, gun running. But a lot of these movies, Lord of War included, always have the buildup of like, how did I get started in this game? And this movie doesn't do that. This movie instead just kind of drops you into the end of Craig's run as this, you know, as this cocaine dealer. But I think it does it effectively in the sense that in the first three minutes of this movie, it's really snappy in that, you know, here's what I do. Here's how I do it. And, you know, here's how I'm laundering my money. (laughs) And, and that jumps you right into the plot. And I think that that is effective. I don't really need to know how Daniel Craig got into this, how Mr. X got into this. I thought that was a benefit to this movie. It keeps it tighter, I think.
2: Yeah, I I also really liked the line early on, only stupid people think that the law is stupid. Uh, This movie doesn't deal too much with with the police, but I think we've seen a lot of heist films where the the police are a little bit bumbling or you have like the one really clever detective who like, oh, but then the the protagonist out-clevers at the very end. Uh, That's another review that I read. I think it may have also been Roger Ebert who's saying the movie uh, doesn't try really hard to be clever, um, which Mm. I I agree with. I think you have a lot of these heist movies or these these crime films where it's like, ah, and then here's we're enacting the final plan. And here's this twist. You didn't see this twist coming. And here's another twist.
1: No, I mean rather than a twist, it's usually like one complication after another arises. Yeah, or, right, right. You know, a, a threat from a new quarter comes up, like suddenly, uh, Dragon. You know, sh- gives uh, him a yes. call out of we nowhere. We haven't
0: we haven't mentioned that that the uh, that the Duke has his million um, Ugh, ecstasy pills from Dragon. <laughs> what was like well, a a Serbian. There's
2: the Serbian war criminals sure. who are making who are making ecstasy, and Duke and his little crew uh, steal a million pills and are now trying to sell it.
1: Right, his little crew that includes Sally Hawkins. I'm like, oh, wait, what? Who is? And,
2: <laughs> yeah, and See, and, and Bern Gorman took me
1: ages to place her.
2: I didn't even realize. Like, even I knew she was in this movie, but watching it again this time, I didn't realize that was her. Isn't her name like Slayer or something like that? Slash, slasher,
0: slasher. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Some of the, yeah, she's the only one who's got one of those stereotypical British crime. That's I think another way too. You don't have characters who are like, oh, this is our friend Barrelhead. We call him that because he's got a head like a barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's also. I
0: think you, you mentioned the Britishness of it, right? Just then. And I, we haven't honed it on that in particular. But this is in the same way that when you watch James Bond, everything's very British. All the actors are very British. Just everything's quintessentially British about it. This is, I've never, I don't know if I've seen a gangster movie that is similar in that regard. Like I have with this now. Um, because you do have some really heavy hitters of the british you know movie circuit here like michael gambon is the uh yeah is what's his name dumbledore
2: right (laughs) temple which
0: is which is the guy who is the father of the of the allegedly kidnapped teenage daughter
2: yeah he's he's the as nicole kind of mentioned he's sort of the threat that appears yeah he's the rival gang leader yeah uh and this this was still an era of movie making where and I love this because they show like flashbacks to the seventies. Uh, it's like, well, we want to make these old actors look young again. What do we do? First of all, don't show them very much Two, put them in wigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heavy
1: makeup distant yep. angles,
2: <laughs> big old wigs and funny hairdo. <laughs> oh,
1: wait. Yeah. This was, this was a, a, a who's who really. I mean, this has Tom Hardy, this has Byrne Gorman. This yeah. has George Harris, who I recognized but didn't know by name. I think I actually know him best, probably from Raiders of the Lost Ark as the submarine captain.
2: Yep. Wow, deep cut. Uh, he plays
1: Morty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the big tough guy. Yeah. also um, have
2: uh, Colm Meany. Colm
1: Meany, who's uh, in everything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sienna Kenneth
1: Cranham, yeah, who Sienna. I know best from Rome.
2: Yeah, Sienna Miller which we kind of mentioned in our in our Slack where Sienna Miller this was around the time where Sienna Miller's name was everywhere.
1: I don't understand it. I don't
2: but in the mid 2000s like I heard that name a lot.
1: Yeah, you know, she's a complete blank for me, you know? She doesn't <laughs> register as a personality in any way to me.
2: But she's been in a lot of like in a lot of high profile stuff. She was in both yeah. Foxcatcher and American Sniper.
0: Yeah, I mean for yeah, me
1: she's one of Sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was just gonna say for me, the scene in which um Mr. X becomes infatuated with her, uh is just so unsexy to me. <laughs> like yeah. she's just like like she's doing like the, the Elaine like full body dry heave in a club while he's sitting next to her like scrawny boyfriend, I think played by Ben uh, Wilshaw. Wilshaw? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Paddington is in this ben
1: movie. Wilshaw.
2: Yeah. Let's not forget that he is padding too. <laughs> but but there's nothing about well, like this like, is
1: the movie that convinced me Ben Whishaw will always look about twenty-two yeah. and Daniel straight Craig will up. always look about forty-five. No,
2: straight up, <laughs> I thought I thought in uh not Quantum of Solace, what was the 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 Javier Bardemo? Spectre. Spectre. No, not Spectre. No, no, no. Skyfall. Oh, I'm Skyfall. Yeah, we did it on the Skyfall. show. Yeah. And Skyfall, you could have told me, yeah, this is is Paddington. He's about 24. And I would have said, yep, that makes sense. Uh, But really, he was like 31. But they try to do a thing in this movie when
0: when Sienna Miller's introduced, where they do the thing that... They they do a lot in Bond films, which is like... And Daniel Craig acts it out the same way, where he's sitting in yeah. the back of a, of a club, and he's not focused on anything but the pretty lady, and he's just staring her down with those baby blues, and she's doing something really seductive. And... Sienna Miller's just not. I just don't get it. No. (laughs) Yeah. No.
1: No, She's dancing not particularly well while smoking, not particularly sexily.
0: And she's like the odd Uh, one out in the club. Like everyone else is acting more normal. It's a weird scene to me. It's a weird scene.
1: I Yeah, I think the reason I don't that this movie is nothing more than fine for me is because there's like 16 or 17 fairly you know, major speaking roles of note, and three of them are women, one of whom is the hot chick who registers as being sexy and then is discarded, one of which is the psycho chick who gets to be psycho, and that's all that happens until she dies, and one of which is the junkie chick daughter who you get to see doing drugs and not a whole lot else
2: yeah is that uh, and I, I definitely agree with you on that it, i think that's also a little bit a symptom of the um of the genre because i'm thinking about these other movies that matthew vaughn even himself was was part of uh, lock socket Two smoking barrel snatch i can't think of any prominent female characters in those either yeah. yeah, I mean, if you want to talk well. about Bond <laughs> as well, since we're bringing it up
0: so much because of Craig, I mean, uh, the Bond, the constant issue with Bond films. Yeah, no, Bo- I mean Bond has gotten well, mildly now M. better. M. Right, right. Yeah,
1: now right. you have a more active money, Penny.
0: Right. right. Well, we and we it, did have M, R.I.P. Okay. Yeah, um, that's, true, that's true. I, I there, can't there bring that back M. up. I can't go back into that into that wormhole of emotion that is uh, <laughs> her dying.
2: Spoilers, everybody. I think, man,
1: she's tired. Let the poor woman retire.
2: (laughs) She's also blind. Is that the only woman in James Bond's life that he didn't try to have sex with?
1: Quite possibly, yeah. And that's also unclear.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? The 90s were a different time. I guess early 2000s. Yeah, no, no. She 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 was there for the Brosnan
0: years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I think, you know, we have a, a piece in our document here that says it's a well-received movie with good star power. Why isn't it more more well known? And as we mentioned, a lot of the star power, Daniel Craig aside, you know, you have someone like Tom Hardy in this playing Clarky, who's not in it a ton. In fact, well, and Tom no. Hardy, Tom Hardy was also still kind of nobody. That's what I mean. Is that, is that you do yeah. have a lot of the younger guys in this movie, whether it be Tom Hardy, Daniel Craig, Ben Wishaw, they are kind of unknown entities the bulk of your star power here I think is probably just Michael Gambon in, in terms of like well,
1: and really- has been in a ton of stuff
0: yeah that's true that's true um, he's
1: and he's really good at being menacing you know especially in, is. which is probably surprising for people who only know him from Star Trek the next generation <laughs> um, but actually I do want to mention somebody here who I wasn't aware of before as an actor like i'm watching it and all of a sudden i'm arrested by this one guy that they meet in the in the club in a pair and it's uh he's played by an actor named dexter fletcher and he's the guy with like the curly hair and the wide set eyes
2: oh like the the two kind of like
1: uh yeah it's cody and something
2: yeah they're they're basically the the scott con and uh like oh Casey Affleck and he's <laughs> yes. now the director of Rocket Man.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh. Rocket Man and, and the uh, pickup director of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, kind of shooting his own movie in the foot. Ah uh, <laughs>
2: yes. So,
1: um, and so yeah, and working. I'm just like, who is that guy? Why isn't there more of that guy in this movie? Because I couldn't stop watching him. For the yeah. short amount of time he was on screen,
2: yeah, they're they're the they're the two guys that are hired to find um, the the daughter and the the boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I, I really liked him as well, and I I got a shout out. I know to you guys, he's really kind of nobody, uh, but Matt Ryan is in this movie, and Matt Ryan's currently playing Constantine in the whole CW universe. Um, Who was also, Matt
1: Ryan playing in this movie? He
2: was one of the junkies that they're getting information out of.
1: Oh, well, that's exciting. Uh- <laughs> yeah, but like for me, it's, <laughs> it's cool. And, good for the tiny amount of time they got to be
2: on screen. He's also the main character in uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So okay. that, that was that was that was Brett's touchstone right there. Yeah, I, 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 I got, got the got reference. <laughs> I got excited when I realized, like, hey, this guy who I really like, who's doing stuff, is in this movie. So yeah,
0: it's got a cool cast. Yeah. Also, the guy who plays Duke, uh, Jamie Foreman. There are shots in this movie, several shots in which that I was convinced for about half this movie that it was Fat Mark Wahlberg, and um, <laughs> what it's not. He, his face no, is I just thought it was wider. like
1: British Oliver Platt kind of oh, thing. Oh, that's
0: even uh, better. Oh,
2: wait, that's Oliver way better. Is not
1: British? No, he's not British. Why? He's just good enough to be British.
0: Does he have he a British accent in uh in Three Musketeers? Oh,
2: wait, no,
0: but he they're doesn't. not British. They're not yeah. They're French, I for- and none of them have accents. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. I even D'Artagnan tried to have D'Artagnan. French
1: accents. Thank God,
0: <laughs> yeah. in that version. D'Artagnan. Okay, um, the anti Guy Ritchie Guy Ritchie movie. Uh, so Guy Ritchie was originally tapped to make this, right? And
2: then, uh, of course, he was. Yeah,
1: It smells like a Guy Ritchie movie. It's just- you
2: know, it's- it does. But I think it it kind of has. Like, it starts off with that with the narration. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is super Guy Ritchie. Now, there's that, that that the line that that stuck with me over the years. Only I mean, the stupid people think the law is stupid. Uh, it it's kind of has the same some of like the same ridiculous gang members who who are a little bit bumbling but still effective. I think what the reason that I call it the sort of anti Guy Ritchie Guy Ritchie is it feels a little more polished. I think this was Matthew Vaughn's it- directorial debut dude's good like i i know we yeah. all know this now um but even then for this being a first movie that like, it's really well shot uh, yeah
1: i mean this is the guy who shot who did you know my favorite of the x-men movies he did x-men first class
2: yeah and, yeah and he directed you know, i X-Men. thought he did an
1: excellent job with that uh he also went on to do the kingsman movies which yeah. i did Do not like as much. They're they're well shot. They're well executed, but I just the they
2: got some issues. They
1: got a they leave a nasty (laughs) after. Their their brand of comedy has some
2: issues. Um, Yeah, I never got around to Golden Circle, but I really enjoyed Stardust, which he also yeah Stardust is great. Now Uh, I
0: think Guy Ritchie, in a way, at least for me, I struggle to get out from underneath the the often cheesiness of his movies. Like they don't feel. Has when when he's doing a a gangster movie or something like that, it doesn't feel as real to me as something like this could feel to me. I don't know what I can't really put my finger on it, but there's a stylistic, you know, choice that Guy Ritchie makes that always comes makes his characters to me almost borderline cartoonish.
2: Well, yeah, because they they kind of are. I mean, his. Any like, look at look at Snatch. Look at Brad Pitt's character in Snatch. That's the one that you probably remember. Yeah, and that is a cartoon character. That's exactly Jason what I'm Statham. talking about. Yeah, <laughs> Jason Statham was always kind of chewing scenery. And look, I love Jason Statham in those early Guy Ritchie movies. He's great in them, but they are kind of playing into stereotypes. Where this also uh, because Guy Ritchie movies are very typically like you're dealing with the 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 dirt level guys the the guys who are in the grime in the muck uh and this one you're a bit removed from that right
1: yeah he'll bring he brings the grime and the muck into stuff that you wouldn't expect like the uh, t- did you see his king arthur movie
0: i didn't did, not. I did not. it looked bad now,
1: i i did and I actually enjoyed it. Oh, really? Because everybody in there is, everyone in there is having a grand old time.
2: Ooh, that actually makes me a little bit
1: interested. I'm not going to see, I'm not going to say it's great, but it was fun. Okay. I thought it was fun.
2: Um, uh, uh, guy.
1: Guy Ritchie is a, is a filmmaker who loves the possibilities of film, I think. And he's not interested in making something that's entirely realistic. He's not interested in making something that's, uh, you know, while he likes bringing in the grit and the dirt, it's still not a world you're going to entirely recognize. And he doesn't care. And that's, I think that's fine. You know, I think he executes what he wants to do well. I think Matthew, uh, Matthew Vaughn here is doing something a little more, a little more grounded, but it, it at least in this case it's still very stylized. Yeah, it's still very polished. It, Even it, with Daniel Craig getting his face bashed into an ice chest yeah. next to a oh, severed yeah. frozen head, it's Oof. still it's still surprisingly sort of glossy looking.
2: Yeah, and I I think also a little bit why I, I sort of mentioned is I called it the anti Guy Ritchie Guy Ritchie movie. Um, well it has all that trappings. I think the ending is not an ending that Guy Ritchie would have given it. Oh yeah, I we think got Guy Ritchie, yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> Guy Ritchie likes Guy Ritchie likes giving his criminals a, a happy send-off. He likes
1: Yeah, I give him credit that I wasn't expecting that ending.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so before we pivot into that really quick, um as long as we're talking about Guy Ritchie, I do want to mention that uh Dexter Fletcher Again, the guy who made Rocky Man and was in this movie as one of those two guys he hires. Yeah. Uh, he has now come on board as of today, this news broke at 9 a.m. today, uh, that he will direct the third Sherlock Holmes film with Robert Downey Jr. So they're bringing that back after like almost a decade. And I mention it because it, those were Guy Ritchie movies, both of them, uh, the ones yeah. preceding it. Uh, are we far enough removed from those to realize those they're, they're not like- good? Or is
2: that just me? <laughs> like, I liked them. I liked,
1: I liked the, first the first
2: one. one. I don't yeah. remember much <laughs> about the second one. I don't remember much about the second the one. The second one had a train uh, scene. The Shadows and they had
1: put had in it.
2: Yeah, they put... Yeah, it also had Jared Harris. Yeah, they put
0: Robert Downey Jr. in, in like, it was it was this... All I remember was, was the one where they tied him up shirtless, put lipstick on him, and threw him out of a train. So
1: yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Needs to stop trying to do a British accent. Yeah. Isn't that
2: good? good? Uh, (laughs) And Um, and one last, one last thing before moving on from Guy Ritchie entirely, the man from uncle, watch it. Yeah, I, I
1: enjoy. I liked the hell out of that. That's
0: that what was. I'm saying. to see it. I'll report back on Aladdin at some point. That feels like the the weird entry in his most recent. You know, the last couple yeah, years. That or is so that is a weird one. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of excited insane. to see it though, because I do love Aladdin. Making
1: a ton of money.
0: You know, a ton yeah, of money. Oh my god, dollars. we have a we have a movie draft between you know us and some you know some, some people in my family, and uh, woo, the one person that bought Aladdin is smoking it. <laughs> it's like uh, four hundred million. Yeah, Li- oh, Lion is Li- coming, Li- coming and, no. and you're going to do really well. And can identical.
2: you feel the love tonight?
0: Yes. <laughs> the critics can, judging by earlier reviews, We'll know Don't by the time this episode comes out. Don't ask question after I've
1: had wine. So <laughs> uh,
0: let's talk about the end of this movie. The end of the movie is, uh, you know, he he gets Mr. X. I love saying that. Gets his clean getaway, or at least he believes and uh, he's going to be his
2: retirement. Yeah,
0: they all yeah. salute to him as he is the king again, or or now the king, or there's something about him being the king of this yeah. industry. And he's they like,
1: expect him to be the new.
0: He's going to be the new boss. Jimmy, sure, but he, yeah. he's not taking that. He's walking away with the girl, and as he walks down the steps with the girl, uh, <laughs> Shaw comes up and just kills him. Paddington, please. Paddington, Paddington, shoots him. Paddington <laughs> comes and shoots no, him.
1: Did, well, he's not dead at the end of the movie.
0: No, it, it, he kind of does <laughs> to you what. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he he just might live. Sure. Yeah. Now, now it's and, and as Nicole said, it's incredibly unexpected. I didn't expect it. Um, it's also done with with absolutely no fanfare of 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 you know we're going to show and I believe the character's name is Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Yes. We're, they don't show you Sydney really like driving up or approaching him or saying anything to him. There's not even a musical cue. You just you know see him very briefly. There's a gunshot. He's on the ground. Sydney's running away. And he. And Sydney apologizes. Right. Which I yeah. also weirdly love. Uh and
1: Yeah, he just says sorry and then shuffles off. And
0: it's so yeah. it's so, you know, unromantic for the uh, death of a of a otherwise romanticized character, or at least a character that is romanticizing his own departure from this industry of sorts.
1: I did not love it.
0: So really? let me ask you then. <laughs> oh, I, there mean, are, I
1: didn't hate it, but there I mean I too- It was just I don't know. The way, the way it was played, it's like he comes up out of nowhere, shoots him, says, eh, sorry, like he was pushed to do it by somebody else, maybe, hmm. and did it because he felt like he had to, and then shuffles off again. And it's just, I don't know. It's not satisfying in any way.
0: So let me ask I, you this: There is a little
2: bit the point to it, but we'll, we'll all right, go ahead, Brett.
0: I, I and no, I think David has a point, and I think you do as well, Nicole. Would one of these two endings satisfy you more? There are two endings on the DVD as alternate cuts. The first one is, um, uh, what Ben Whishaw gets Paddington, at, Paddington gets in a <sighs> car and follows them. So they get in their car, and he gets in his car and follows them. So that is like the ambiguous ending of, you know, always oh, going to get them, but we don't know what's going to happen or Boring. the ending where we don't even have Paddington and uh, they drive off and live happily ever after. They filmed both of those. <sighs> Dealer's choice. Yeah. Which Which of the three do you prefer, Nicole? I don't think she likes any of them. <laughs>
1: No, I don't. I mean, the the driving off into the sunset is. I mean, it's a fun alternative that he still chooses to walk away, but it's it it is a little dull. Uh, the one where he's being followed is better. I kind of like the following um, one the there's best. There's some uh, Sid- ambiguity, but you feel like Sydney is such a uh, such a, sort of a bumbling character that you don't think he'll be able to pull off killing him, so you don't feel like he's really a threat following him um so i mean this is unexpected in that you know like i said you don't really see sydney as a threat even though he's uh jimmy's nephew and therefore has a reason to avenge him beyond well also he stole his girl my boss
2: right he also stole his girl
1: yeah but he didn't seem that close to his girl there wasn't any sort of development of their relationship yeah i I will say club at the same time
2: you yeah know? i i will say that relationship was probably the most forced part and right the whole payoff of it is supposed to be that ending and uh, i don't know if it's necessarily earned from that perspective
1: yeah and i mean sienna miller's character is so uninvested in the relationship like that the, this guy that she meets that evening she stuffs his number in his her number into his his shirt pocket you know mouthing ring me (laughs) lustily
0: (laughs) that scene yeah no I, i hear you on that i I you know, I might I have mean, to go back to it. I mean, if Daniel Craig
1: had been staring at me all night, sure, I would slip in my number
2: and, <laughs> and, yeah, if Daniel Craig and made, say
1: call me, if even thought, if my fiance if, were with me. If you know, I, I thought would,
2: Daniel yeah. Craig looked my direction, oh, I would <laughs> throw my phone number out. <laughs> at First at him. and over, oh, Daniel I, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: No, I, I actually think I might have to go back on what I said. I still <sighs> think I like the one where he just gets killed unceremoniously. I think it is Same. it's abrupt and it's 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 unfulfilling in a way that is probably more realistic to someone that's
2: actually trying to get out of this trade. Um I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think it kind of, it, it kind of plays up with the whole thing of your actions do really have consequences in, in this world. Uh Everybody at, at different points, like has to, well, not everybody, but a lot of people have to kind of face up to, to various things that they have to do. Like, it's like, you don't, Nobody's clean in this world. And Daniel Craig, you know, he gets his hands dirty with the killing, but he's trying to walk away clean. And this is just kind of a last little like there's no there's no walking away clean from this life. You're like there's sort of a there's sort of that that thing that uh Michael Gambon says to him like you're kind of just you're in this for life. And he, he literally is because he cannot retire before he is shot.
0: Yeah, I also <laughs> I
2: it suddenly
1: occurred to me that an ending I might like better is if he was like an undercover cop the whole time.
0: That if could be kind Mr. of cool. Mr. X was. That could be kind of cool. I, and I also, that's why he's
1: so desperate to walk away.
0: Yeah. I also do like that for a guy that is as meticulous and as, um, you know, uh he really makes an effort throughout this entire movie from the intro monologue throughout the entirety of it to be the, the smartest guy in the room with all these other criminals. And he's made a point as this middleman to, to be that person and to always be one step ahead of the people he works with and, you know, trust the right people and the whole nine yards. And the fact that this is how he dies, that he turns the blind eye to this guy and uh, isn't prepared for something like this in any capacity is is interesting to me i think that is a, an interesting you know failure on his part that leads to his demise i agree so a couple other brief discussion topics those blue eyes are piercing my soul help we're not even we're done with this i'm marking this completely. <laughs> are we brett are we <laughs>
1: I could sit here and objectify so, Daniel. So hold Craig on, for Daniel days, but... Craig.
0: <laughs> you're going to hear my keyboard here. Google Images. Are they that blue in just regular life, or do they blue the yeah. hell out of these things?
2: Oh no, Lordy, they, they are. Really are. Yes. What did you think that we were making this up? Yeah, these are these are very very. <laughs> they can't blue. do
1: it for every movie he's in. Well, so that's,
2: I mean, that's kind of we we've, we've kind of talked about Daniel Craig a, a little bit in general, but let's just you know let's let's talk about like based on this movie you guys get like this i totally get why based on this he was picked for bond you know we we talk yeah. about this the scene where he, he brandishes the gun oh yeah and it it kind of right. seems like he was he was uh trying out for the role right then oh my god it yeah it really
1: does you know jimmy gives them not jimmy uh Gene gives him the gun and he's like holding it and he looks unsure at first and then he starts you know, holding it and pointing it like as if it's something he's seen done in the movies in a
2: James Bond movie. Yeah, <laughs>
1: in a James Bond movie, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. he
2: well, he also has. Well, I think one of the funniest moments in the movie is when they're first looking at the guns. And he's like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't like guns. I don't, th- oh, this one's pretty cool, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like immediately, once he's around what? it, he's like, oh, oh
1: that's neat. Too. <laughs> yeah.
0: I also do love that he ended up being the Bond that had the story arc of trying to go into retirement several times only to be pulled out. <laughs> like,
2: uh, to be fair, one of those retirements happened because he was shot.
0: Yeah, that tends to happen. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I was watching this movie and, uh, and it just clicked with me that this, he was so perfect. He was so perfect for James Bond. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's two Daniel Craig James Bonds I'm not, I don't really care a ton about. And there's two I think are masterpieces. And, uh, I think Quantum of Solace is good if you pair it with Casino yeah, Royale. Yeah. It's, it's a really good post credits. It's double feature. Yeah. It's a good two hour post credit scene. Uh, I think it is, Indisputed, regardless of what you think about what is four entries thus far, that he is—he was made for to be James Bond, right? Like, as a all things considered,
2: he's done a very good job at it, and it was perfect casting. Yeah, they—you know—they announced in two thousand five, the year after this movie came out—that he was going to be James Bond. And when they when they do that announcement, it's like it's huge. It's you know you see white smoke out of the the chimney in the Vatican. It's a really big deal. <laughs> really? Uh, no, that's how they announced the Pope. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but they when they when they announced it, it was all of the outlets were saying, "Layer cake, layer cake, layer cake." That that was the movie that apparently solidified him in that role.
1: Yeah, the same crew that don't like a black little mermaid were like, James Bond isn't supposed to be blonde. Yes, I want yeah. to
2: talk about
0: that because when so we're really gonna ah. we're really gonna piss off Nicole here. Um when it got announced that Daniel Craig had become James Bond, I remember being in my fourth grade classroom. <laughs> 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 I'm not I, I'm not even I'm not even oh, joking. My God. <sighs> I remember so, being in my fourth grade classroom, and everybody was like, "He can't be blonde." Like this was a hot topic amongst the what eight year, eight year old, nine year old, somewhere around there. Um, and
1: hair dye does not exist for
0: crying out loud. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but
2: they didn't make him diet. Like
0: he stays blonde. No, they no.
2: no, because it would be stupid to make him diet. That that would yes, be. Would. But I remember
0: that was that was contentious. We weren't we weren't quite at the at the level of. Of like we're gonna fight about whether or not Idris Elba should be James Bond,
2: it was more
0: mm-hmm. petty. Although he's too old to start, now. he is too old. Yeah, to start. yeah. Now. I
2: would have, I would have loved Idris Elba back in the day. But loved but it. It's, it. It's yeah, and it's he would have loved, loved it multiple times. Idris Elba has
0: repeatedly said like, "You guys keep telling me that you want me to do this. Just ask me." <laughs> like,
2: oh well. <laughs> yeah. what, what also, well, been? also. Wasn't James Bond um, Scottish in the books? Yes, yeah. 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 Then we've had British guys do it. So, yeah, if you're going to get upset that we have the wrong hair color, get upset that we have... mean we have
1: English guys who've been doing right, it. Right,
2: that's what I'm saying. If you're going like, to you get upset that we've had the wrong accent for most of the actors. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the original drawing, they did it pretty much right with... Uh, with The the first guy, Sean Connery, Connery. Sean Connery was pretty much right. Everyone since then has just been a a different guy. And that's fine. What's next, David? Jane Bond? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I I mean, Daniel Craig is a really
1: good actor. He's very charismatic. Even when he's not doing a whole lot, you still want to look at him. And see what he's going to do next.
2: Yeah. I mean, as much as I'm excited about Knives Out for a number of reasons, a big one of them is because he's in that. uh, And also, I love that a murder mystery is called Knives Out. And his voice in the trailer,
0: his accent
2: he's put on. Have you seen Logan Lucky?
0: I saw it. I saw oh it. God. I saw it. Like it was one of those things I put on Netflix and then just never kind of like paid too much attention to. So I need to go back into it because you guys always you talk need, about it.
1: It's so good.
0: You
2: need to because that is like him deciding that like you know what I'm gonna do the opposite of James Bond in just <laughs> yes. about every way, and it yeah. is amazing. It's so good. Yeah, that's cool. He's
1: doing like this sort of pseudo Appalachian accent, okay. and <laughs> it's very sort of high and
2: we are dealing with science. It's right.
1: Now don't peek now, you know.
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's
0: it's so, so. good. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, there's actually a Jane Bond debate happening in our current cultural lexicon.
2: Let's stop it. Let's oh, stop course. it right back. because <laughs> Just, the
0: woman so is. Maria Rambeau, who is um Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Friend. Maria yeah. Is. Her African American um friend that has the, the son or the daughter. She has a kid, I can't remember if it's daughter. Her. daughter. Yeah, Maria
1: yeah. is the character's name. I don't think that's the actress's
0: oh, name. Oh my bad. Okay. It's, oh yeah. Um it's the Shauna Lynch. Yeah, apparently she's now kind of rumored.
2: Okay. Sure. Oh, you know, you know what happens when they're like, Hey, there's might be a new James Bond? Uh there is about eight hundred rumored. Uh <laughs> every single British actor working. <laughs> it, in the it's last Doctor decade Who. Is it's said yeah. to be yeah exa- no it is they will name twenty five I get they'll be oh well this this actor was back in London they must be meeting about James Bond come come on
0: yeah yeah <laughs> no for sure so Daniel Craig nice Love him. Mm. <laughs> All right, <Nice. laughs> I, I think we can about end the show with that, David. I think this was a this Sorry. was a this was a good pick. I I really enjoyed it. It was something that I'd never seen before. It gave me better context to why Daniel Craig ended up where he's at, and I it gave me more appreciation for him as an actor. It was fun. Um, thank you for bringing it to us, Nicole. Do you have any thoughts as a as a first time viewer?
1: Mm, Daniel Craig.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I, no. No. I mean, it was. I'm, it was fun. It was a very well executed crime drama thriller, whatever you want to call it. It's almost a heist movie, but not quite. I I'm not sure what to. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a British one British last crime job
1: film. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm, you know, I'm glad that you guys enjoy it. I thought Nicole that you might like it maybe a little bit more than you did, but you know that's fine. That happens. <laughs> well, yeah, I did.
0: not like it. Right. 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 Well, next week, a movie that myself and David have seen, The Tables Are Turned, uh, and Nicole will love, is Kingdom of the Crystal Mm -hmm. Skull. So again... What if this (laughs) is
2: the podcast where everyone loves it? I would be so happy. I would be so happy.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Stay tuned with us next week and be sure to watch along with that if you would like to.
2: Uh, But David, where can people find you online? Uh, People can find me around the internet under the username Davluz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. You can also find me on the podcast Brokebot mountain which i do with phil rude uh you can also find we're still in the planning stages but by the time this gets out uh i will have more information locked in uh, but my former hekyak yeah comics co-host and i um have decided to do a limited run podcast where we do a, a retrospect on final fantasy 10 and 10 to um we're in the planning stages right now about planning our playthroughs and and all that good stuff. And, uh, that will hopefully be launching or be about to launch by the time this episode airs. Very cool. I feel like
0: we don't mention heck yeah enough
2: anymore because it's not a show you currently Uh, do, but it's got a hell of a catalog. Like 163 episodes. So
0: be sure to check that out, everybody. That sounds very cool. I can't wait to be further confused by everything. Final fantasy, uh, Nicole, (laughs) where can people find you online? (laughs)
1: I take care of our Facebook page at facebook.com slash movie go around podcast. I have a letterbox page, Nicole underscore Davis. And that's pretty much it. I poke at Twitter once in a while. But every time I go on Twitter for like 20 minutes, I'm reminded why I don't go on Twitter anymore.
0: (laughs) You're in the wrong parts of Twitter. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it.
0: Wrong part Twitter, Nicole. In Chicago this week, hashtag GatorWatch. Follow that. It's everything you need on Twitter. Uh, Google it, everybody. Well, and you, we
1: can go see the Gator movie. Yes, just...
0: The Watch, or what it's called. It, what's it called? No, The Watch. The crawl? Crawl. I sure. think. I don't know why I thought The Watch.
1: Something about a gator in a basement or something and somebody's trapped in there with it.
0: That, perfect. I don't know. Perfect. Uh, by <laughs> all means, audience google chicago alligator all right uh you can find me on twitter at i am brett stewart you can find the show at uh if you go social.mgrpodcast.com you're gonna have links to all this stuff the show the show notes us on social media the whole nine yards the show on twitter and facebook be sure to follow them on twitter and facebook that way you can vote on the you did this to us rounds every single time they come around we'll see you next week for kingdom of the crystal skull